Etchings, a Ferrochrome podcast. The Man Who Stole Souls. I saw him come in from my table at the back of the cafe. I was alone, enjoying what little leisure time I could steal from the busyness of my life. His good looks startled me. He reminded me of Richard Gere with long hair tied back. I looked back at my newspaper, trying to concentrate on the article I was reading. I don't know, something about a comment from North Korea directed at President Trump. I heard the chair scrape quietly beside me and watch him sit down at the table right beside me. Normally, I would not really take notice of a hot guy, but lately, I realized that I had to come to terms with the fact that I was living in a loveless marriage. Tom and I had slowly grown apart over the years, but the clincher for me was the rainy fall afternoon. I spotted his black Subaru parked outside the Granville Island Hotel. I had seen on Facebook that his old girlfriend, the important one, was coming to town. I never said a word about it, but came to a point where I knew I had to think about leaving him. Our daughter Meg was finishing university this spring, so I casually pondered the apartment rental sections of the local newspapers. Shortly after the hotel incident, Tom had given me a silver First Nations bracelet for my birthday. As endearing as his gesture was, I was just not into him anymore. We went through the everyday motions of normal family life, but my fantasy was to escape. I dreamed of having a torrid affair, a real love affair, but it always remained just a fantasy. Well, and here now is this hot guy sitting at the next table. I didn't dare look in his direction. I needed to use the ladies' room, so I took my purse and left my designer sunglasses on top of the newspaper to hold my table. When I returned, I ordered another coffee and a sandwich. Suddenly, out of the blue, the guy leans over to me and hands me my sunglasses. I didn't want someone to take these, so I held on to them for you and watched your table while you were gone. He smiled at me and introduced himself. I'm Paul, he said. Jenny, I replied. Oh, and thank you. I come here all the time to do some writing and relaxing for my job across the street. Oh, he smiled. What do you do? I'm a graphic designer for a local magazine. Maybe you know it? Design now? You know, local artists, clothing, furniture designs, that kind of thing? I'm afraid I'm a little out of touch in the design department. As you could tell from my ragged, rugged apartment, I really should redecorate it, you know, man cave, stuck in the 70s and never really cared enough to do anything about it. We continued our conversation past my lunch break and I had to excuse myself, thank him again for watching my sunglasses and wished him well in his future apartment decorating. That afternoon at work, I couldn't get him out of my mind. He was so attractive, so well-groomed, funny and, and very sexy. 
I wondered if he would return to the cafe again. That night, lying beside Tom, I could barely sleep. There was a frisson of excitement inside me that I hadn't felt for a very long time. And I found myself now reminiscing about all the fantastic love affairs I had had in my 20s. I lay awake a long time that night and fantasized about Paul, but found it a tad strange that he would have held my sunglasses for me while I was away from my table. Maybe it was just his way of meeting me. I knew there was an attraction. I could feel our energies attracting. The next day was Friday and Paul did not show up at the cafe. All weekend I tried to put him out of my mind, but couldn't. I became really excited about the possibility, or should I say probability, of seeing him again. The following Wednesday I rushed in, and there he was. He was seated near the back, and he waved at me to come over and join him. I did. We chatted about our lives, and as I got up to leave, he passed me his business card. Thanks, I said. He said, call me if you want to see one of my shows, or just have coffee. Sure, I said. Gotta run. Bye. Turns out he was the manager of some pretty big local talent in the music business. Another week passed, and I felt I just had to see him. Maybe he stayed away from the cafe, counting on the fact that I would indeed call him. For some reason, I just didn't feel that that was the right way to go. Tom had a three-day business trip coming up in a week, and I knew I wouldn't be able to stop myself from calling. In the late fall afternoon, the day Tom left for business in Seattle, I called Paul. I got up my nerve, and I called. He invited me to his place for a drink and wanted me to hear the music of the new band he'd discovered. I couldn't believe I was doing this. Early that evening, I found myself in Paul's living room, sipping on a glass of wine and making small talk about the music business. I was wearing a new dress and my beautiful designer sunglasses again and placed them on the coffee table. Out of nowhere, Paul took my hand and led me to his bedroom. I just let it happen. Soon we were making passionate love as if we were the last two lovers alive. Everything about him was beautiful, and I was lost. Lost in this wild passion, lost in my loveless marriage, and now I had lost myself. Later Paul went to have a shower and I lay on the bed looking around his room, memorizing every object, every detail of his world. I then noticed that the small top drawer of his dresser was open, and with idle curiosity, I peeked inside. It was really a half drawer in an old bureau, and in the drawer were sunglasses. Nothing but a collection of beautiful women's sunglasses. I didn't know what to make of it, and tried to put it out of my mind. Paul returned with two glasses of wine, but I felt that I should leave. I was afraid for myself, afraid of these new strong feelings and of making love to a stranger, a man I had only met in the cafe a few times. I dressed quickly and told Paul I would call him. 
I knew I would not, could not do this again. He was too mysterious and too beautiful for me to handle. I wanted my safe old routine of a life back. The safety of knowing who I was living with and the predictability of each day. When I arrived home, it was well past midnight. And as I reached for my handbag and precious sunglasses, I realized I had left them behind at Paul's. Or had he taken them and now added them to his collection in the bureau drawer? I knew I had ventured into dangerous territory. And stepping into my home, I had never felt so safe. And I hurried upstairs to bed. Etchings, part of the Fairchrome Podcast Network. <laughs>